This is Haunted America Radio. With your host, Al Shepard. And now, Haunted America Radio. This episode is the third and final part of a discussion I had with Dustin Perry back in 2009. And now back to Haunted America Radio. We've got a few questions in the chat room here. What would you recommend as far as getting good training in this field? As far as getting good training, just I think it's important to start out with working with someone that you trust. And between the two of you, find somebody that you know that will allow you into their home or, or a place that uh, perhaps has some activity. Do several investigations there, not just one. Like I said, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to start out like I did. You don't want to be uh, out in the woods in the middle of the night and getting pushed up against some police cars and answering a bunch of questions because they don't take too kindly to that. It might be okay now to say you're looking for ghosts, but back when I was doing it, people really thought you were crazy. So um, Should have yeah, told I, them you were a rock star. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have that kind of foresight at the time. But uh, no, I, I think, uh, you know, starting out local, starting out uh, maybe at a relative's house or a friend's house or a friend or a friend's house, because there are a lot of legal issues that you can uh, come into once you actually get started and going to other people's houses, uh, as well as, you know, safety issues. It's actually, we dedicated a good chunk of the uh, of the complete approach to forming your own team, getting started in the field, knowing what equipment to use, knowing how to use it. Because uh, there's a lot of people out there with a healthy interest, and uh, who knows, perhaps they'll uh, they'll read it, and maybe we'll somehow inspire uh, someone who's going to get all the answers. Well, that's it. I mean, the just the strength of numbers. The more people that we can get out there doing this, uh, that much quicker will be to the answer that we're looking for. I would think. Right. I want to thank Elfie for that question. Chris has one. Wants to know how long did it take you to recover after you were thrown down in the castle? Uh, I went outside for uh, probably a good half hour or so just to gain my composure. I mean, it was freezing cold out there, so I didn't want to stay outside too long, to be quite honest. But it did take me a little while to kind of wrap my head around it. It's still something that, you know, I'll randomly I'll pop in my head and I'll start to try to wonder what was going on at the time and exactly what else I was dealing with. I think it was an important experience for me, though, because uh, at the time, um, I, you know, I never met Barry. It was the first time I met Barry and first time I traveled over to uh, to that part of the world. And to be quite honest, I, I didn't really show the proper respect for uh, for the culture uh, or for uh, the entity that we were dealing with, you know. And Dave Campbell and I were in there. We were kind of like, you know, feeling a little proud of uh, who we were and what we were doing. And, you know, here comes the big, bad American ghost hunters. Barry's trying to warn us about uh, the the, uh, the pressure in the room changing and, you know, how we need to be careful of this and the other. And we're just kind of laughing it off like, this guy's a kook. Next thing I know, I'm laying there flat on my back. I think it uh, it really opened my eyes as to other parts of the world, other cultures, and uh, and different belief systems, and perhaps different types of entities as well. Uh, you know, the, in Europe, especially in Ireland, uh, there's a lot of things that are labeled elemental that you know here we'd call uh, fairies or this that, and the other, which sound really kind of hokey and gimmicky. But it's something you know these nature spirits and such that they put a lot of stock in and that uh, that they deal with on a regular basis. And you know, there could be something said for that. Astro uh, Intuitive has a question here. Do you know if TAPS has any plans to investigate the World Trade Center site? And if so, do you think there could be activity, uh, many stories in the air where, where that many deaths have happened? I know a lot of people have asked us to do that. Um, a lot of people have asked us to check out the concentration camps from World War II. And uh, it's just one of those things that I don't know if the time would ever be right for that. I, I definitely don't think it would be right 
anytime soon, that's for damn sure. I think that a lot of this field, a lot of it to me uh, hinges on respect. And, you know, if there was something uh, maybe in a building that was built around there that was plaguing somebody and it was causing problems and causing damage, then maybe there would be a legit reason to go in there. But just to go in there to poke around to see uh, if there's any troubled spirits left behind there, you're just uh, you're just opening a can of worms there, you know, and there's a lot of good people that were lost in those types of instances, and it's just uh, it's definitely too close to home for for a lot of uh, a lot of people, and for me personally, it's not something that I could do. Um, just just the thought that that crossed into my mind from from coming at it from another angle that there there may be like for the World Trade Center site, there may be a bunch of people there that actually have a message that they'd like to get across or something um, and, and for whatever reason can't can't travel to uh, wherever their loved one is or something like that. Um, something as small as just uh, like what I use, a little Olympus voice recorder and just have it in your pocket, turn it on, walk up to the fence or whatever and just you know, stand for a while, maybe shoot out a couple questions or something, and just, uh, you know, seems like an unobtrusive way to to maybe find out if there's anything unfinished there that needs, that wants to be said, you know, without making a big spectacle out of it with a whole van full of equipment and stuff, you know. Yeah, no, I can understand that point as well. It's just, you know, for me personally, it's not something that, that, that I'd be able to do um I get very uh, emotionally sensitive about some stuff like that. You know, we're actually we were in Paris, and uh, we're walking through the catacombs. Not the not the portion of the underground tunnels there uh, where we had filmed uh, the episode, but the actual part where the bones are stored and everything. And uh, I lasted there for about maybe five minutes before I had to just put my head down and walk all the way through it and get out of there because it's quite a hike. I was just kind of overwhelmed with just kind of really sad. You know, you're looking around at all these bones and such. I just start thinking, you know, all these people lived their life just like I'm living mine now. They all had, they all had hopes and dreams and aspirations. They all had loved ones. They all had the daily BS we all deal with, with jobs and bills and everything else. And for them to be on display like that was really bothersome to me. You know, I just, I don't know. Maybe I think too much, man. There's, there's a lot of stuff like that that starts to get in my head. And I don't know. I take things to a spiritual level a lot, and stuff like that would bother me, even uh, on an intrusive level, like you said. And still, it'd still be a little too tough for me to ever pull off. Yeah. Years ago, because I do Civil War reenacting, I went to Gettysburg and spent three days there, which was nowhere near enough time. And I just got a weird feeling like I belonged there. And I can't wait to get back there now that I'm, I'm into paranormal more yeah. than I was. And just to see if I can make that connection. You know, so many people died there, and it's such a, a holy place to uh, to those of us who know the whole story and everything. that uh, I, I don't see it as... Being intrusive, of course, well, with the battlefield, you couldn't anyways because it's wide open. Everybody's tromping all over the place anyways. But uh, I can see what you're saying with the World Trade Center. Well, maybe 50 years from now because people seem to have a short memory in this country. So, you know, they're gobbling up Civil War uh, battlefields and making them into Walmarts faster than you can count. So You can't uh, Walmart. You just yeah. <laughs> Walmart. I freaking hate it. If I if I didn't have to shop there, you know, if they didn't have stuff on sale, I wouldn't be there, man. I hate Walmart. I'm not a big fan of big corporations and stuff. And it's just, uh, I, don't know, I just look around. And I just feel like this country is just getting ripped apart by things like that. But uh, it's the age of technology, it's the age of convenience, and I think a lot of good values and good ways of life are just going down the down the tube, you know. 
Yep. So I, I don't even like GPS. I can't stand the GPS system. It drives me crazy. My buddy bought a new house. I drove to it. I used the GPS. I got home. I looked at my wife. I said, if I had to turn around and drive there now and you'd give me a million dollars, I couldn't tell you how I got there because all I did was listen to the stupid woman tell me when to turn. I used to be on top of the things, man. I used to know phone numbers. And I used to know how to get places. Now it's like, I don't know. Let me look at my cell phone. Let me turn this thing on. It's crazy. That's like all the ones in uh, McDonald's and all them don't know how to make change and if the computer's down, you know. Oh, that's classic. I love that. They're like, uh, like just give me 20 cents and $2, thanks. Well, I remember one story where uh, a gentleman went in there and walked in with a $2 bill and wanted to buy something, and the cashier refused to take it because uh, they knew that there was no such thing as a $2 bill. So they called the manager over, and the manager actually called the cops on the guy because the manager knew there was oh no such thing as a $2 bill. You know what's funny, though? It's interesting enough, and a little tidbit about me that uh, I'll share with you. I have one that I carry around my wallet that my grandmother gave me when I was a little kid, and I still have it, that I keep it in my wallet all the time. Lila, let's see if I can read this here. Looks like Lila Eyes in the chat room here says, uh, Hi, Dustin. I have a tribute page on you on MySpace, and I wanted to ask if you've ever been to Vermont to investigate any places. The only place I've been next to uh, in, uh, in the area was closest thing would have been the Houghton Mansion. That's the only thing I did remotely in that area. I never really uh, spent a lot of time in Vermont. I used to go skiing up there once in a while. That's about it. It's a nice enough place, and the wonderful thing about New England is it's uh, such an old part of the country. We do have a lot of history. You know, one of my other favorite places being St. Augustine uh, down in Florida for uh, for the same reason. Uh, so I would like to get up there maybe do some more cases in the future, but I haven't really had the opportunity to do that yet. Uh, and thank you, of course, for uh, running the tribute page as well. It's very kind of you. I do appreciate it. Fiddler says, have you talked about the book that was written by Barry and Dustin? Does he think it's worth buying? <laughs> I strongly recommend it. Buy a couple of copies. It's the, uh, the holiday season, of course, and uh, whether you are celebrating Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or uh, Christmas, maybe you're just a winter solstice person, it works across the board. It's a wonderful, unanimous gift. <laughs> yeah, no matter what your religion, you're all turned to spirit someday. So it's a, it's a great cross-cultural type of book for the Christmas season. <laughs> Oh, and then we got, let's see, uh, Chris says you got to come to Michigan, and Elfie says you got to come to Oregon. So I imagine you've got got to come all over the yeah, country and over the world. Um, whoever uh, whoever said Michigan, I'm actually working on something now. It's it's not uh, it's not official yet, but if you uh, check out my website, paranormalrockstar.com, under my events page, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we will be securing a location in Michigan. That will be uh, an event that will be held in January. So check in on my website there in the next couple of weeks. That's uh, paranormalrockstar.com. Uh, I also kind of throw stuff up on MySpace and, uh, and Twitter and Facebook and stuff as well when I have something coming up. I still rockstar. I love that. I could just uh, I could just see you in a music video or something with a Ghostbusters pack on your back uh, to a dancing around to a Nickelback song or something. Uh, you know, I that's just funny for that. I actually enjoy Nickelback, and I know they don't get a lot of respect. I'm more of a classic rock guy at this stage in the game. But uh, when I was in high school and stuff, I played bass guitar. Uh, I sang backup for the band at the time. I'm a big karaoke whore. I love music. I'm a big fan. Now it's just uh, Guitar Hero when I get the chance. I've got a list of songs that uh, I play on my, uh, my iPod before we film. It's just my little list to get myself all psyched up and ready to go. 
yeah, I would think that certain songs would get you in the right frame of mind as you uh, as yeah. you head off into the dark and stuff, you know? You know what's really been working for me for pretty much any occasion? The theme song from Legend of Zelda, the old uh, Nintendo game. There's a couple of versions by uh, orchestras and heavy metal bands, and there's something about that background sound. When it's uh, when that's going on, I feel like I could just accomplish anything in the world. It's amazing. It just I don't know what it is, but uh, it seems to be working. <laughs> yeah, now you got it playing in my head. I can hear it going. <laughs> it kind of makes you march forward. You know, you gotta, you can't give up if that's on. Yeah, well, yeah, because Zelda's uh, counting on you, Link. There, now we got a new nickname for you. We'll just call you Link. <laughs> we kind of had uh, similar crazy hairstyles. I guess it all comes together. Okay, so we uh, let's see. We talked about your book, your book you haven't written yet. What do, what do you got for... Uh, Personal appearances coming up? Anything, or when, when do you start? When do you start filming again? We've got a couple of things coming up. We've got uh, uh, benefit for uh, for the Tourette's Foundation coming up in uh, New Jersey um, this Sunday after Thanksgiving. Uh, it's something that Bruce Tango, uh, who's uh, been on a couple episodes of Ghost Hunters, Dave Tango's father, really nice man. He hosts this every year. They usually have a uh, performer there, they have a comedian, and they have a bunch of us there to do a little uh, meet and greet and uh, question and answer period, talk for a little bit. There's a dinner involved. It's always very nice. This is my first year that I'm actually able to participate as I'm always on the road. So, But that's coming up the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Tickets for that are uh, available through idealeventmanage.com. There's also a link to that off my site. And so that's the next thing coming up. And then I'm appearing down at a hospital in Pittsburgh, Tennessee, coming up in December, on December 5th. Those are the two things I have on the books right now. So that should be a good time. I didn't even know there was a Pittsburgh, Tennessee, so I'm kind of excited to see that. Let's see, new episodes of GHI. Uh, I think we have, I don't know how many exactly. You know, we got uh, we got quite a few, though, coming up uh, in January. We filmed some more down in South America and some other locations across the world that have just been fantastic. We had some really good cases. Some of the best places I think we've been in a while. Australia, Tasmania, we've seen some fantastic stuff. Grabbed grab some great evidence. That'll be coming up in January. Then we'll... Uh, we should be hitting the road somewhere around then, too, to start to uh, crank out some more episodes. There isn't any grass grows under your feet, is there? <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, all right, Lila Eyes, uh, better known as Mary, from your fan page, says, You're such a great writer. Have you ever thought of writing a biography about yourself? I don't know if it'd be that interesting. It'd be a tale of some guy who ate a lot of sugary snacks, watched a lot of cartoons, and just worked all the time. But I am toying around with the idea of maybe trying to publish uh, a collection of my blogs that I write, my little travel blogs about uh, my different experiences with different cultures and uh, different things that I've uh, encountered across the world. So I've thought about maybe doing that. Not sure if, if it's going to come together or not. I'm going to find somebody to stand behind it and put it out. But something I'd like to do. Yeah, mentioning cartoons, too. I got on your website earlier today, and you suckered me into about 20 minutes of watching cartoons on that stupid site. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is this one? Because so I'd never seen most of them, so I'm oh, clicking yeah. on it, and I go, wow. <laughs> yeah, I get the old, I love to sing it, which is old Merry Melodies with the singing and dancing jazz owl, which has always been one of my favorites. And then there's an old Halloween one that's on there, too. I love those old cartoons. They don't get better than that. It's uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, yeah, but they they took all the violence out of them. They're no fun anymore. Yeah, no, they're not nearly as fun as they used to be. You know, I watch the, the shows now with my daughter and stuff, and everything's in two different languages at least, and I, the storylines aren't that, that interesting. There's not a lot of, of violence, so it's not really funny. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's uh, we're a product of that generation, and uh, things were a little bit different back then, but I, uh, I miss those old times, you know? I miss those old cartoons and such. So, uh, confess, do you watch SpongeBob SquarePants? 
Oh, yeah. That's the one I really do enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> it still has a good dose of violence in it. And, uh, it's got some adult uh, storylines in there that uh, are underlying. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and I I, uh, I like that quite a bit, actually. It's, uh, it's, it's quite funny. Well, I, I've done that. My daughter's 16 now, so she's old enough where I've said no. Now, you pay attention to some of these cartoons that you liked as a kid, and then pay real good attention to some of the, the little puns that are in there and, and the underlying things that go on, and you'll find that most of these were pretty much written kind of in code for adults. Yeah. You know, like uh, like the Flintstones was pretty much a ripoff of the Honeymooners. And when you realize that, you start watching them in a whole different light, you know, and you start yeah. picking up on things. Okay, Elfie wants to know if there's been a site that you've been to that you have at least found partially frightening. Um, no, no, not really. I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things where we really, you know, this is what we look for. So when there's stuff going on that's crazy, it, it's actually good for us. I have to, you know, there, there have been some places that have been a little, uh, a little more off the hook than others. Clark Hospital in the Philippines. You know, having captured EVPs and having some crazy experiences there that tied in with some of our uh, our own American military history and our own Vietnam vets and stuff. That was, that was a touching one and it was kind of a freaky one at the same time. And it was to a lesser extent, too. Recently, we did uh, Kapsabuska in uh, Czech Republic and I'm up in the attic with uh, Ashley, who's one of our newer members. And to get that rock phone back, there was something to think it's kind of land at the feet. That was, uh, that was pretty crazy. You know, things like that, they both excite you and they feel you forward to see what else is there, you know. But nothing that would cause me to lose sleep or, uh, you know, make me not want to go back to it. You know, even Love Castle, uh, we filmed there for two days. And that first encounter where I got knocked over happened on the first night. I went back in there that night, went back in there the night after. Nothing else happened. Nothing else came of it. But I went back in to see if there was. Well, that's the uh, difference between the, the normal everyday person and the true investigator, you know. It's like a fireman. Right. You, you you run into burning buildings instead of out of them, you know. Yeah, and, <laughs> indeed. Uh, Okay, um, Chris wants to know, even though it's rare, how would you handle a demonic entity? Yeah, it is very rare. Obviously, everybody's favorite thing to uh, to run into, at least they think it would be. Not something I've I've ever run into. You know, how would I handle it? I I look at it this way. I'm I'm a very um, I'm a very centered person. I'm a very spiritual person, strong person, both emotionally and then spiritually and physically. So I'm not too concerned with anything you know hitching a ride with me or influencing me in one way or the other. From my research and stuff, uh, it seems they can be uh, tricky little SOBs, so uh, it's definitely something you got to be cautious around. But I think I would I would try to conduct a session the best I could, capture whatever evidence I could, and say a little prayer and return myself safely out of there when I was done. So you think you're you're strong enough all the way around, so possession isn't a, isn't going to be a problem for you? Huh? I, I I don't think so at all. I think that if, you know everyone always worries about Ouija boards and they say oh don't use Ouija boards. I think I'd use them if you want them. You know, they can be a fun little game. I don't think that Satan has brokered a deal with the good people at Barker Brothers to put out a board game to bring evil into the world. Plenty of other ways to do that, that's for sure. I think it's just, I just think it's one of those things where it's, it's being able to be strong enough to be in control of yourself and not leave yourself uh, susceptible to different things. Do you keep in touch with Andy, Brian, and Donna? I don't keep in touch with them too much. I mean, not for any personal reasons. It's just we're all, you know, busy with our own lives and stuff. And lives have taken different paths and whatever. I bumped into Brian a couple of times at the mall and stuff. I sent me an email here and there. You know, we're on good terms with each other. He's, uh, I, think he's, I think he's actually a really good person. I think he's got a good heart. I think he really does have a passion for the field. 
you know, everybody knows he ran into some troubles with some issues on the show and stuff. And, uh, you know, those are his own demons that he's fighting. And, you know, to his credit, I think he's a good person. I think he's doing the best he can. And, you know, he made some uh, some choices regarding coming home and being with his family and stuff. I respect him for that. I think he did the right thing, and I think it was good for him. I'm glad to see that he's still involved in the field because it is something that's very important to him. Andy, uh, I know, is also the same thing. He had uh, some children. He returned home to be with them, and uh, last I heard, he was doing very well. And I know that he still does some investigations and stuff just uh, locally with uh, with a group or some, some friends and stuff. Uh, at least that's what I heard. I haven't talked to Donna any time recently, but I know she was uh, feeling better. She was uh, she was happy with her decision to return home, but I haven't spoken to her recently uh, either. Uh, and like I said, it's just uh, being busy and stuff like that. Nothing, uh, no personal, there's no hard feelings between any of us. At least not with me, uh, to my knowledge. So. Yeah, well, I know, like you were saying about Brian, it, it seems like he uh, almost sets the same priorities that, that you do. Certain things come first. Yeah, okay, it is TV, but uh, that's not, not my complete life. So i got to respect him for doing that. Let's see. Brian has a new group called the Paranormals. Have you been following that at all, Dustin? No, I haven't. When I'm home, I don't watch paranormal programming. Uh, and it's not out of uh, disrespect to anybody else in the field. It's just uh, it's what I do all the time. If you're a dentist and you pull teeth all day, uh, when you come home, the last thing you want to do is watch other people pull teeth. So I kind of, exactly. I kind of avoid that stuff. And uh, when it comes to the weapon, I don't spend a lot of time on the computers when I'm home. It's just, just enough to go out there, um, accept friend requests, uh, update people on where I'm at, what I'm doing, and uh, see if anybody has any problems that they need help with. Maybe it's my fantasy football team, of course, because that's uh, paramount. And then uh, it's just family time for me, you know. That's what it's all about. Uh, I really make the most of this time when I'm home. So I don't I don't really have too much time to follow up on uh, what a lot of other people are doing. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, yeah, he, he's got some new group he's uh, putting together, uh, kind of a nationwide team. I don't know if it's uh, kind of like the Taps family type thing or what, but he's recruiting individual people all over the place. I've been seeing that popping up. So um, let's see. We've covered covered your two books. Someone wants to you to Mary wants you to write an autobiography, which 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 that could be interesting. I've been thinking of doing that myself. I just got to find a ghostwriter to help me uh, help me flesh it out because I can sum up my whole life in about twenty five pages. But uh, you need someone to uh, to flesh it out with the uh, oh the sky was pretty and blue and had fluffy clouds and all that stuff to make it <laughs> make it a two hundred page novel you know pretty good with all the flowery uh, dialect so that that part comes natural so I can I can say that uh, with all honesty and something we're very proud of uh, despite the typos and stuff that you'll read in the, the complete approach just look at it as kind of like a maker's mark it's uh, it's just proof that we did it all on our own so I think that was something that, that we can both be really proud of. There you go. Well, good. If if you're that that type of uh, poetic uh, writer, then you really need to pay attention to that email I sent you earlier. Then I can see that as a great avenue for that. Um, let's see. Elfie wants to know what places or countries are you going to next season. I don't know, uh, to be quite honest. You know, the way it works is. We do have some input on where we'll go, where we investigate, but it's not entirely up to our control. Of course, the network has a say in it, and, of course, uh, the production company. Uh, we don't know exactly where we'll be going, but you know what we do is we, we field a lot of information from different paranormal groups across the world. And, you know, it's nice to have these, these sites like MySpace and stuff, different paranormal community sites. LiveParanormal.com is a good one. We can really kind of cross-reference different uh, different groups and uh, different experiences. And, you know, people on the other, you know, GHI years and 
I think, 20-something countries. So uh, we are known uh, globally that people will seek us out, different groups, and say, you know, you guys check this place out next time you come out here. And uh, So we, we kind of research that the best we can, and then uh, the ones that we think have the most credibility will forward along see if anything comes out of it. Uh, so uh, we don't, like I said, we don't have complete control, but uh, we, we do get to uh, make some recommendations and stuff. So uh, we'll see what comes of it uh, next time out. Now, when you uh, first started investigating, were you pre-internet or, or was the, the internet around when you started? Uh, uh, I'm, just, I, I'm just wondering how you think, how has the internet affected paranormal investigating? Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, when I first started investigating, when I was in high school, everything was just starting to come about with the internet. I mean, our, our computer classes were these really horrible programming classes, uh, courses with the old Commodore 64s. The only thing I liked to do on it was play the really horribly uh, graphic uh, racing game. I spent most of my time doing that. But uh, the internet wasn't around at the time, so you really couldn't go on there and try to find local places to investigate, never mind exchange ideas or join a group or stuff like that. So it was all, uh, it was all word of mouth, um, you know, and uh, the history was whatever you could, uh, you could uh, get from a local paper or from the library. So uh, it's definitely changed, uh, changed the game, that's for sure. Uh, now you can go on and see what other people have captured, listen to other things they've captured there. Uh, you can find out information about it. Uh, but, you know, like everything else, you've got to be able to uh, decide what you're reading and, and what you're accepting as fact and what you're, uh, you're going to weed out because, uh, you know, there's, there's people that go on there for whatever reason and just write random BS and uh, just kind of convolute things even more. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I almost call them like paranormal hackers. They're about the same ones that sit around and write these stupid uh, Trojans and computer viruses and just sit back and send them around and watch them screw everybody up, you know? Yeah, I, so. I don't understand it. There seems to be something going on. I like to joke that maybe that uh, evil flying from Ghostbusters 2 is real, because there seems to be people out there who just they enjoy making things tougher for everybody else. It's like, well, you don't really get anything out of it, so I don't understand exactly what it is you're trying to do. I don't know. I'm kind of an old-school romantic that way. You know, I try to be very gentleman-like. I like to hold open doors to people, say hello, wave people across the traffic. I actually get affronted sometimes. When I let somebody go, they, they don't wave thank you. They just kind of stare at you. They just talk on their cell phone and eat their, uh, their donuts. And they just drive by you. It's like, well, why the hell did I stop for you? You're not nice at all. Exactly. How hard is it to say thank you to someone, you know? The whole culture here is... Ugh. Even things like, like Twitter and MySpace and Facebook, like I, I'm not a big technology guy, you know? I'm, I'm uh, definitely an old soul because for somebody who's only 32, I shouldn't be so anti-technology, but I just, I don't like all this stuff. I feel like everyone's fighting for that little 15 gigabytes of fame and everybody wants their name and lights and everybody wants to be so self-important. And I was like, you know, I, I have to maintain these sites and I have to put up the Twitter thing and stuff, for, you know, for, for business reasons and and, and such, uh, but I try to make sure I always make the effort to put up things to help others, you know, to remind people to, to donate blood, to sign up for bone marrow things, uh, to, to pick up uh, canned goods and stuff for, for uh, the homeless shelters. And, uh, you know, there's a recent thing with, in Wisconsin, a bunch of uh, greyhounds. There's an old uh, greyhound park, I think it's called Dairyland, and they're shut down. And there's a good number of dogs that are, are going to be uh, euthanized unless people adopt them. Like, they're even looking for foster homes, just a place to put them. Uh, so I try to, to use what, you know, what little... Uh, a uh, little reach I have, a uh, little influence I have, and, and raise this awareness to people so that maybe, you know, I can, I can use this, this technology and, uh, and this influence for a little bit of good and not just not for self-serving purposes because that's not what I'm about. Elfie wants, says she'd love it if you'd visit China. And Chris wants to know if you have any trouble taking equipment through airports or customs. I was thinking that, too, if they wonder if you've got a bunch of bomb-making stuff there or what. <laughs> China is a place I would absolutely love to go. 
obviously it's just uh you know the orient's got some great great history to it um the people of china uh, for a good deal are, are very uh very superstitious about things they have a lot of spiritual beliefs a lot of respect for uh for their past on elders and such so it would be fantastic i would love to see the great wall something i'd always want to do so that would be a lot of fun and we'll see uh, what comes of it uh, but it's definitely something that's on our list of places we'd like to go uh, and I'm sorry. What was the uh, what was the other question? Oh, they just uh, Chris just wanted to know if you have any trouble taking equipment through airports oh, yeah. or anything. Um, I I usually don't uh, I usually don't uh, carry much of the tech equipment with me. My production company ships the majority of it. A bunch of us do have our own little uh, EVP recorders and you know digital voice recorders and stuff that we'll take with us. Barry has a whole case with all his cameras and crazy stuff in it. But funny enough, the person who, who I see uh, get harassed the most is Joe Chin. Uh, and he doesn't carry anything out of the ordinary, uh, but for some reason, he always seems to get pulled aside, and they always take everything out right down to the liner. And he's just good clothes, but uh, it happens to him pretty much every time. I've, you know, I've been searched a bunch of times, too, and I always get some weird looks because I have, like, a bag of marshmallows, a couple of boxes of Pop-Tarts. But uh, this is this is my comfort food. This is what I need to survive these long flights and, uh, and to, to live out on the road. Cookie dough is fantastic to travel with, too, but uh, I actually melts really fast. So you have to eat it usually uh, on your first flight or you're, or you're screwed. I'm wondering with Joe if a little bit of racial profiling going on there or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is they're looking for on uh, little Joe Chen, but, uh, but they're, always, uh, they're always ripping through his bags or something. You know, they probably look at you, the rock star, and look at your cookie dough and say, you know, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm not playing with a full deck, so they're just like, just let this guy go. Well, it reminds me years ago, Howie Mandel, when he was traveling around, said he he always used to get harassed at airports all the time because he'd go through the x-ray machine, and in his bags he'd have like a, a rubber chicken and a plastic crab and all this stuff, and it would go by the x-ray thing, and they'd always pull him aside and rip him out and hold up this plastic crab and say, what's this for? And he says, it's for work. And they'd look at him and like, what the heck? All right, we got about uh, six minutes left of the show here, so I uh, definitely want to thank you for taking time out of your, your limited time with your family that you have and spending the evening here with us has been a real blast well thanks man. it's my pleasure i appreciate you having me on and it's nice to be able to uh sit back and uh relax and talk about the things uh, that matter in the field and appreciate you having me great meeting you at the uh at the houghton mansion and uh, had a had a pretty good crowd there tromping through the dark and yeah it was a good time here we got we got another person just came in late here uh, wanted to know how you felt getting leveled by the spirit in, in Lemp Castle and said it freaked them out. I know you spoke <laughs> about this earlier, but uh, it seems yeah, like no, it I didn't, didn't uh, phase you. Much. Now, what did that feel like? I mean, did it just feel like somebody running into you? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's interesting because it's hard to explain this depending where I am uh, when I do the events and such, especially like the mid uh, Midwest and the landlocked states. But uh, for those of you who spent time in the ocean or even like a wave pool or something, it literally just felt like getting hit by a wave and just something taking you off your feet. You know, it didn't really feel like uh, like a direct shot, like you're in a fight or anything like that. At the time, I, was, I didn't know what the hell to think about it. It was really crazy. There was no sensation of dread or any of that stuff that uh, a lot of people think would be associated with it. There's really nothing uh, emotionally upsetting about it. Uh, it's just very curious. It was very startling. That whole area was covered with, with little bales of hay and straw and stuff like that, except for the one place that I was standing with Dave, as luck would have it. So I fell on a bunch of cobblestone and, uh, and rock. So, uh, so it wasn't a pleasant landing. But uh, like I said before, it is something that uh, has caused me to think about the field in new ways. And, you know, so I'm actually thankful for it that it happened because I think, uh, I think it was important. Okay. 
I definitely uh, hope we can get you back on again sometime when you've got more free time. You can uh, let us know how your second book is coming along and where where you've been the next season of Ghost Hunters. And I, I just want to really say thank you to you for not letting it go to your head and, and being a normal guy and a great provider for your family and uh, someone that we really look up to. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And it's uh, it's very nice to be able to uh, spend time with you and to talk with you and really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in to listen tonight. And Yeah, and uh, I'll uh, still be out there on the road keeping it real and doing what I do, and uh, I appreciate everybody's support. You got any parting words you want to leave with anybody? Uh, words of wisdom from your 30, 32 years of keeping it real? Yeah, I mean, things I live by, uh, as I mentioned earlier, don't eat out of the ocean. Too many people have uh, died, defecated, and urinated in it. It's not a good idea, especially sushi. You should never eat anything that's not cooked. It just doesn't seem to make much sense. And, you know, other things that I like to live by, something I've been quoting quite a bit lately up on places, which is, you know, life, uh, a lot of lessons in life are kind of like oatmeal. They're kind of uh, bland and not very exciting, but uh, ultimately they can be good for you. So uh, sometimes when things come your way and not so excited by them, kind of take a step back, take a look at it, see if it uh, somehow makes sense for you. Maybe it can help you out somewhere down the road. And bottom line, something I've always lived my life by, uh, don't take any shit from anybody. Always stick up for yourself, you know. Always uh, make sure that you, you treat others with respect and that you respect in return. And uh, just try to live a good life and leave this whole place a little better than you found it. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. This is Haunted America Radio, where we're always in good spirits.